Welcome to the Valley Avon Podcast, a weekly podcast provided by Valley Community Baptist Church, located in Avon, Connecticut. Sometimes we miss most important, even crucial detail, despite the fact that it's right in front of us. Let me ask you a question. If, if you are watching people play basketball and a gorilla were to run into the middle of the court, do you think you would notice it? You see, that is the question behind an experiment called the Invisible Gorilla. The Invisible Gorilla experiment involves a film with actors who are on teams passing a basketball back and forth between them. And volunteers are asked to watch this film and count the number of times the player, uh, players on their team pass the basketball back and forth. The only thing is that in the middle of the film, someone dressed in a gorilla costume comes into the middle of the court, makes a gesture, and walks off the court. Now, at the end of the film, the volunteers are asked two questions. Number one, how many times was the basketball passed back and forth by your team? They almost always get that one right. And number two, did you notice anything odd in the middle of the film. And over half the time, people say no, because they miss and are distracted and not paying attention to the most important thing in the film. And they're not just not paying attention, they're actually distracted and paying attention to something else. And so they miss the invisible gorilla. Which leads me again to a question for you today. And that question is, are you missing something? Now, I'm sure that your first reaction is, of course, no, no, of course I'm not missing anything. And yet, don't forget, that is exactly what every person who sat for the invisible gorilla experiment said. No, of course I didn't miss anything anything. And yet the truth of the matter is that we are distracted. We're paying attention to something else. And it's very easy when we're distracted and paying attention to something else to miss a crucial and important detail. And so today, together, We want to look deeper, and we want to see the crucial, the important details about today. Now, in the Bible, you have heard of the wise men, and the wise men were searching for significant signs. Those significant signs in their quest actually led the wise men to head to the city of Jerusalem. And we read about it in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, where we read, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come 
to worship him. And so we read here again about the wise men. We're familiar with them. They came, the Bible tells us, from the east. The wise men were astrologers, scholars, diviners. They, they probably came from the lands of Persia or Babylon or perhaps Arabia. And in their native lands, they were important advisors to the rulers of their lands. In fact, when they gave advice, it was listened to across the ancient world. Well, these wise men were searching for significant signs. They would look up to the skies and they would look to the skies to see when stars aligned, when meteor showers happened, when eclipses would happen. They looked for comets. Now, they would look in the ordinary world as well. Sometimes they would roll dice and ask questions. They, they would look for important or unusual events around them. They would consult special cards because, you see, these wise men were convinced that the supernatural world would predict and give messages to us about the world and about the future. And so they saw a sign in the sky, they saw a new star, a bright star lit, and they knew what it meant when a new star rose over a land. It meant that a new and great king had been born. And this star rose over the land of Judea, which meant that the Old Testament prophecies that there would be a king, a son of David, an anointed ruler, the Messiah, to be born in the land of Judea. They knew that that prophecy had to have been fulfilled. But right here, what we learn is that God speaks in noticeable, but at the same time, subtle kinds of ways. I mean, look at what it is that God has done to speak. God has lit a star in the sky, a bright star, noticeable. But at the same time, it's just one more star among many in the sky. God was sending a message to the world that the Son of God, the King, had been born. And these scholars, these wise men, these astrologers from the East noticed the sign. But God did not demand that everyone see and pay attention to this sign because God speaks in ways that, that are important, that are significant and noticeable. But at the same time, God speaks in ways that are subtle. He doesn't shout at us. So the wise men set out on a journey to Jerusalem. They, they took time to gather all the supplies that they needed, and the journey from their land to Jerusalem would have been a long and difficult journey. They took that journey and they came to the city of Jerusalem because they expected that if a king of Judea had been born, he would have been born in the capital, in Jerusalem. But the wise men came to Jerusalem and they searched and there was no baby being recognized as king. And, and they were actually surprised because when they reached Jerusalem, they expected to find celebration and excitement and anticipation because they expected that everyone in Jerusalem would have seen the obvious sign in the heavens and would be prepared for the king. But everyone in Jerusalem 
had missed the sign in the sky. They missed the invisible gorilla. Now, King Herod, king at the time, was searching for a rival. We read in verses 3 through 8 that King Herod was greatly troubled, and for Herod, that's not good news. When, king Herod, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written in the prophets, and you Bethlehem and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Now, Herod the king probably received the wise men in public because, you see, these wise men were high-ranking officials in their native lands. So when they traveled, they probably traveled with a large caravan for their own safety and, quite frankly, for their comfort. So when they reached Jerusalem, this royal caravan from the east made quite an impression. People were talking about it. And because these are royal guests from another land, Herod the king probably welcomed them into his court to hear a message from them. And the message that he heard is that the star had risen in the sky and a new king had been born. And the question was, where has this king been born? Well, Herod called his advisors, the chief priests and the scribes of the people, and he asked them, where is this king supposed to be born? And they had been searching the pages of the prophets for years. They were anticipating the birth of Messiah. So they knew the answer to this question. Where is the Messiah to be born, the new king to be born? Well, that's in Bethlehem. Then Herod hatched a plot, because you see, Herod was a paranoid ruler. He was always afraid that somebody was going to try and displace him, and if there's going to be a new king, well, then the old king has to be gone. Herod was actually so paranoid that he'd have many people killed in order to protect his throne, including one of his wives and several of his children he suspected of plotting against him. So Herod called these wise men in for a secret consultation, and he asked them when the star had risen, which told him when the child had been born. He told them that this child would have been born in Bethlehem, and he sent them off on a mission. Go and find the child and, and worship him. And then he said, and then come and tell me where this child was born so that I can what's the word? Worship him. Because Herod planned not to worship the king, but to kill the king. He planned to double-cross the wise men. Because you see, Herod was searching for a rival. The wise men 
found and worshiped Jesus, the King and the Savior, they continued on their way from Jerusalem in verses 9 through 12, where we read, After listening to the king, the wise men went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So the wise men continued following the star, only now they knew that it was pointing to Bethlehem. When they got to Bethlehem, the star came to rest over the house where Mary and Joseph and Jesus were staying, and the wise men were overjoyed at just finding the end of their quest. But then they were welcomed into the house, and they saw Jesus, the child, and they fell down, and they worshiped Jesus. And as they worshiped him, they gave him the gifts that they had brought him, gold and frankincense and myrrh. These are gifts that are fitting for a king. And they were saying clearly that Jesus is indeed a king. He is the true king. And after worshiping him, the wise men received a message from God. They had a dream. And in that dream, God spoke to them and told them to go back another way. Don't go to Herod. And so the wise men departed without seeing Herod. And they were too far gone before Herod the king realized for him to pursue them. And the wise men had double-crossed that double-crosser, Herod. But you see, in all of this, we discover that God makes himself known to people who will see him and hear him. Look at how God has been speaking in this passage. God has spoken through the prophets, revealing what was about to come. God has spoken to all humanity through a star that is lit in the sky. God has spoken through a dream to the wise men. God has made himself known to people, and God is still making himself known now. He is still speaking to us. Now, when God speaks, he doesn't say new things that change what he said in the past, but God is speaking to us, to me, to you. He is calling us to himself. He's calling us to follow Jesus. He's calling us into a relationship with him. And if God is speaking to us, then I want to hear what he's saying. If God is speaking to you, I'm sure you want to know what he's saying as well. And so let me ask you a question. Is God the invisible gorilla in your life? Charles Jennings understood that sometimes people are distracted to a place where they cannot see the truth 
and the most important detail right in front of them. Charles Jennings lived in the 18th century in England. And you may think that's a long time ago and a long way from here. What does his life have to do with mine? But Charles Jennings lived a life that many of us could understand. He grew up in a wealthy home, and he was well-educated. And Jennings lived in a day where after centuries of assuming that there was a God, people had begun to doubt God. They had come to the conclusion, particularly in in the educated and and the upper classes of the society of that day, that God, if he existed at all, was distant and uninterested in our lives. Now, you have to understand, beliefs like that have real-world consequences and implications. They had real-world consequences and implications for Charles Jennings's brother. Jennings's brother looked around at everyone around him and saw everyone around him doubting their faith in God, and it bothered him deeply. It bothered him to the place where he began to question his own faith in God. And he came to the conclusion that there must not be any God. And that conviction led him to think of a world without God. It led him to a place of despair and depression. And he took his own life leaving behind his brother, Charles Jennings, living in the chaos, seeing everyone around him doubt God, of seeing his world falling apart, and now of being surrounded by and covered by grief. So Jennings had a decision about what to do, how to respond. Give up himself? give in to the despair? Charles Jennings decided that he wanted to do something to change the world, to change the narrative, to make people think. He was an author, so he did what an author would do. He picked up his pen, and he wanted to tell a story that would pierce through the chaos and the darkness, and he knew there was one and only one story he could tell, the story of a God who comes to earth in Jesus, a God who lives and dies to pay the price for our sin and rises again victorious, God who comes again to us. He wanted to tell the story of Jesus because he knew it was the only story that would change the world. And so he began searching the pages of Scripture, and he compiled together verses that would tell this story into a manuscript, a libretto for a a musical, and he gave it to the only composer he trusted to turn that manuscript into music. And when that composer, Handel, finally picked up and read the words 
that Jennings had wrote. He set to writing music furiously and passionately, and the result is Handel's Messiah. And for centuries now, Handel's Messiah has been Charles Jennings piercing through the chaos, the distraction, the darkness that we live in and focusing our attention resolutely on King Jesus at the center of it all, the one story that matters and changes the world. So today, are you distracted and missing something? We get distracted for so many reasons. Sometimes we're distracted because we're focusing on something else. Sometimes we're distracted because there's too many things. There's too many worries. There's too much pain. There's too much grief. And when that's the case, life becomes a swirling mess of chaos and distraction all around us. If that's the case for you today, I would ask you, are you missing the invisible gorilla in the middle of Christmas and in the middle of your life. And I would implore you today, look past all of the distractions. God has come into the world and into your life. God is speaking to you. Don't miss him. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Valley Avon podcast. If you would like to hear more, you can subscribe for free on any platform you use. If you would like to visit us in person or would like to submit a prayer request, you can visit us on the web at avon.valleycommunity.cc. From all of us here at Valley Community Baptist Church, thank you for coming and have a blessed week.